Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the second installment of the Swanee Sunday's Football Podcast, a football podcast by the average dude for the average dude. Today's we're gonna have a little bit of a shorter episode today. I just wanted to go over a couple of things here. I mean, we all had we all saw that scary injury that happened to Tua last week that pretty much brought me to the, my knees watching Sunday night football. I was completely and utterly miserable watching that game. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater came in in relief, and he did a, a valiant job trying to make up for everything that happened. But watching your starting quarterback go down is just brutal. I mean, you never really want to see that happen. It sucks. I mean, thank God he's all right. But I wanted to go on a little bit of a rant about Tua Tungabailoa, the media treatment, the injury, and how everyone is, I don't want to say overreacted, because I'm happy that the league is paying attention to these injuries that are happening to players. I mean, we have guys kill themselves, it feels like, every other year that from a traumatic brain injury, and that is just awful. I mean, they either kill themselves, or they have things happen like Demarius Thomas, where he's having these seizures and just horrible, horrible things happen to just good people. But, on another note, the way Tua Tungabailoa has been treated in the media for the past two and a half years has been nothing but disgusting. The poor guy has just been dragged. Every opportunity the media gets, they drag the poor kid. Whether it's, oh, he can't stay healthy. Oh, he can't complete the deep ball. He can't do that. Can't do this. Can't do that. And you expect a guy like that to not want to play through an injury like he had this past week? That's that's like, you set this up on a platter for him. Yeah, he's a competitor. Yeah, he wants to win. But when all you do is bash a dude until... And you know he listens to everything that happens in the media. You can't go without it. Social media is such a big thing nowadays. He, he doesn't miss a single thing that you, like the media has said or the public has said. So he's going to go out there and compete. And <clears throat> if you want players to be helpful in this process of injuries, you got to just stop bashing before they even just step foot in the league. I mean, it was just from day one, boom, can't throw the deep ball. Weak arm. Injury problems. Injury problems. And yeah, you know what? Tua does have some injury problems. I, I can I can admit that. He just he gets these freak injuries that happen all the time, whether it be his ankle, his thumb, now his concussions. It's it's not good. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. But we have to do a better job in the media of handling stuff like this. And as a public too. I mean it's I I, I just feel completely horrible for the guy. But the outcry has been just as ridiculous. People calling for the Dolphins to be to lose first-round picks, to lose Mike McDaniel be suspended, the ownership be suspended again. For what? For what? They followed the protocol. They have a neurologist in the fucking building. Take care of things like this. Like... I don't understand. Why are we? Why do we hire the independent neurologist to come into the building to check guys for CTE and concussions and all of the stuff that's attributed with that? 
if he clears him, why can't he go back into the game? Oh, well, it looked like he 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 couldn't he didn't have control of his body. I mean, the guy said he hurt his back. Um I mean, I've never hurt my back. I mean, if someone who's really hurt their back can tell me they lose stability when they're walking or running around to answer that question, I don't know. But because I'm not a doctor, I'm an engineer and an avid football fan. But when the neuro- independent neurologist clears a guy to come back in this game, he comes back into the game and plays well in the second half. I mean, if Tua doesn't come back into that game, we don't beat the Bills. <laughs> that is, that's it. That's, that's it. We don't beat the Bills. Done. And then, after all that, people are like, oh, Tua had a concussion. He shouldn't have been allowed back in the game. Blah, 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 blah. So what did the Miami Dolphins do? They tested him every single day up until that game for a concussion. What more do you want them to do? If Tua was, if it, you know what, if it was on Tua and he was lying about his symptoms so he can play, what, what more can the organization do? Are we going to punish the guy for wanting to play more? Are we going to punish him for wanting to be a competitor? That is ridiculous. It, like, what you have to do is you have to strengthen the protocols if you don't want this to happen again. If a guy goes out and it looks like he has a concussion, then you know what? Err on the side of caution. Take him out. But do that for everything. And you know what? The cherry picking with the Miami Dolphins this year is ridiculous, too. I've seen... Guys get knocked out in games. Get right back up and get back into it. Tom Brady with his concussions. Lamar Jackson. Remember Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, yes, it was a dirty hit, for sure, by Kiko Alonso. But Joe Flacco got depleted on the field. He was sitting there. He he had no idea where he was that Thursday night game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. And then he played the next week. Oh, where was the outcry then? Where was, we need to protect our players. We need to make sure they're okay. Blah, 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 blah. No, it wasn't there. We are cherry-picking right now. And it's like, yeah, what happened to Tua was scary, but what happened to Joe Flacco was just as scary. The guy had no idea where he was. That is one of the number one signs of a traumatic brain injury. Like, we need to not cherry-pick when it comes to concussion, and it needs to be flat across the board, and it needs to be stricter. You know what? If two, You know what? If In hindsight, looking back on everything, right, maybe Tua should not have come back into that game against Buffalo. Maybe. Maybe if that's what the protocol says now, maybe that's what should have happened. But the protocol doesn't say that right now. And the Miami Dolphins did not break any rules. So... To come out here and say all of this mumbo-jumbo about how the Dolphins this, the Dolphins that, the Dolphins... Fix your protocols first, and then come knocking. That's all I have to say on that. Moving on to this week. we got Teddy Two Gloves coming into this game. And you know what? At first, I was a little skeptical of of the signing of Teddy Bridgewater because... You know what's going to happen. The media is going to come around and be like, oh, we've got a quarterback controversy in Miami. Oh, the Dolphins and don't know who they're going to pick between Teddy Bridgewater and Tua. You know what? Tua came out showed you why Tua is the quarterback, why he was drafted with the fifth overall pick. He's awesome. That's it. But 
Now, having Teddy Bridgewater here, I mean, I'm I'm excited about the next couple of weeks because you know what? If we had someone like Jacoby Brissett or <laughs> Chad Henney, who's another backup quarterback that's just meh. Oh, the uh, Brian Hoyer from New England. If we had none of those guys as our backup this year, this week, in the next two weeks, maybe. I, I, you know what? I really would not feel confident that we could even beat the Jets this week. And you know what? I think it's gonna be a tough game because this Jets team is good. I mean, people sleep on this Jets team, but this team is good. They play hardball. They play good defense. And Zach Wilson's an underrated quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know what? He's young and he's a rookie and he's got his problems that he has to work out and work through in the NFL. But the guy just has a knack for making some plays. So, I'm happy that we have Teddy Bridgewater going to this game. Because, you know what, Teddy might be a game manager. But, with Mike McDaniel's system, you can win games with a game manager. It's It follows the Shanahan system. The Shanahan system is one of the most quarterback and running back friendly offenses in the league. Like, just look at what Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan did against the Rams. And, no, I'm not... I'm not trying to draw a direct comparison between the two because Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Kyle Shanahan has been to a Super Bowl as a head coach, and he's been an offensive coordinator to a Super Bowl with Atlanta. So, yeah, there's some valid discrepancies there for sure. No kidding. But they follow the same principles and rules that they follow in San Francisco. Miami does. So, there needs to be a a more emphasis this week with Teddy and getting the run game going. Because the run game is going to be just extremely important to beating the New York Jets. Without this run game, you're going to put a lot more weight on Teddy Bridgewater's shoulders than you really want to. And yeah, you're going to have Teddy take some shots down the field to, Ty- t- down the field to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, just like he did on Thursday Night Football. I mean, he threw a really nice... All right. He threw a good ball to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill did a lot of work to make that catch. But Teddy was coming off the bench cold. He His decision-making was right to throw that ball to Tyree Kill. But if you can get... If the Dolphins can open up their running game, which has been pretty far below average to start the season. To be fair, the New England game, the run game, was moving pretty well. Chase Edmonds and Marine Mostert had some pretty nice runs. Baltimore, I mean, you're playing from behind. I mean, you can't really run the ball when you're playing from behind like you were. You have to throw the ball. You have to air it out. You've got to score points quick, and it's tough to score points quick in the running game unless you're hitting home run after home run, but you're not hitting home run after home run in the running game. So, Point of emphasis, establish the run early, get up early, and defense has to hold out. You can't let Zach Wilson throw the ball on you at ease. And yeah, the Jets have some players on that offense, man. They got Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, and the rookie. Oh, yeah, Garrett Wilson, I said him. And Corey Davis. All very good wide receivers. Two of those guys can be number two wide receivers on any team in the NFL. Some... Some people could put Elijah Moore as a number one somewhere. But I digress. The defense needs to stand strong. They need to hold the point of attack. They cannot let the Jets run on them because you got to put this, you got to make 
Zach Wilson beat you. That's what you have to do this game. You can't you can't let him have it easy. You got to put the all of the weight on his shoulders, make him take shots down the field, and have your cornerbacks and safeties go make plays. Because if Xavier Howard plays, which is it's day to day with him, Byron Jones is not playing. You have one of the best, better safety tandems in the NFL with Brandon Jones and Javon Holland. So make him take shots down the field. Make him force the football into situations where he does not want to force the football. The defensive line needs to step up in the pass rush in that atmosphere because the pass rush has been putrid. Joe Burrow playing behind an offensive line where he got sacked, I think, 13 times for the through the first two weeks. And yes, he played Dallas and Pittsburgh, but still. We couldn't touch the guy. You need to pressure the quarterback. And you know what? You need to put him on the ground. I'm not saying injure the guy because, good heavens, I don't want that. But you need to make the guy feel nervous in the pocket. You have, Jalen Phillips has to step up and have a big game for Miami. Emmanuel Ogba, big game. Melvin Ingram, big game. Attack the Jets like you attacked Buffalo. Because the only reason Buffalo was in that game was because they have probably the best quarterback in the NFL in Josh Allen. Probably the MVP this year, in my opinion, in Josh Allen. So you need to attack, 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 attack. Don't take the foot off the gas. For offense, <clears throat> run game, I said, and we need to hit these quick-hitting passes. We need to hit them over the middle of the field. You need to get behind the linebackers, let Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill use their legs to create separation, pull the linebackers back a little bit so it opens up the run game. And the run game will pull them up. you got to have these linebackers in conflict. Play action passes over the middle of the field. Their linebacking core, from what I can tell, is, I mean, besides C.J. Mosley, is, no, I mean... Quan Alexander's a good player. C.J. Mosley's a good player. Quincy Williams is a good player. He's doubtful to play. But, I mean, if you have Jermaine Sherwood playing linebacker, shoot the ball over his head. Throw it over his head and let Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle make people look silly. Because the Jets are weak over the middle. C.J. Mosley's not the best coverage linebacker, and neither is Quan Alexander. They're more of enforcers over the middle of the field. They're going to come downhill and attack the run. So attack them. Make them feel unsure about what they're going to do every play. That's how I would attack it. And then when you need to take a shot, attack the safeties. Go attack over the middle of the field. The Jets' safeties are not very good. Yeah, LaMarcus Joyner's alright. Jordan Whitehead's alright. But don't don't attack Sauce unless you can. Because that guy's good. I mean, he's had I probably one of the best stretches for a rookie corner I've seen in a while. The only problem with Sauce is he's just got to turn his head around and catch and find the ball. Because he's in position to make a lot of interceptions. He locked up Amari Cooper. Um, he got beat a couple times in week one, but that's week one, rookie corner versus Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay. Those guys can run. They can run. It's just how it is. And then Week three, did the Jets play? Off the top of my head, I can't. I'll try to look it up real quick because I can't. Oh, yeah, they they played the Bengals. And 
I'm pretty sure Sauce had a pretty good game that game. So, attack the safeties because that's where they're weak over the middle of the f over the middle of the field. Attack the linebackers and run the ball down their throats. Place I would play exactly how they played against on defense. I would play exactly how they played against Buffalo. Play that little bit of a cover three shell where you have the cornerbacks about five to seven yards off the ball and attacking downhill because they have good receivers. These receivers can beat you and they can make you hurt. Garrett Wilson showed you that. Elijah Moore showed you that last year. He had a pretty good game against the Dolphins. Corey Davis showed you that he can beat man coverage. So play the shell. Keep everything in front of you. Make him make Zach Wilson nickel and dime you down the field because he's a big he's a big play player. He wants to throw the ball down the field. Make him nickel and dime you. Um So how do I think this game's gonna go? I think this game is a lot closer than it should be because of not having Tua. And that's not really a knock on Teddy Bridgewater because Teddy's a good ball player. I mean, I can't really take anything against him because he plays a consistent game of football. He takes care of the ball. He His interception last week, let's not overreact on that. It was a miscommunication between him and, between him and Mike Gusecki. And that's exactly why the loss of Tua Tungabailoa is so big because Tua's established a chemistry and a rapport with all of his receivers, his tight ends, his running backs. So, Teddy's coming in, getting jolted into the starting position. And yeah, he's been there, done that. But you don't have the rapport with your pass catchers that your starting quarterback does. So there's going to be some timing issues. There's going to be some miscommunications. And I, I foresee that happening. I see, this, I see the Jets probably getting a pick off Teddy Bridgewater at some point because of one of those timing issues. I think the defense holds the Jets' offense down. The The Steelers' defense held the Jets pretty well, and they ha did all that without T.J. Watt. And their cornerbacks are. They suck this year. They're not good, the Steelers. So, I'm thinking this game's probably going to be a 27-24. I think the Dolphins do come out of here with a victory because I think that they have... They're they're a, they're a more talented team. You look across the board. Offensive line, Dolphins have a better offensive line. Interior defensive line, I would still go with the Dolphins here, just because Christian Wilkins and Raquan Davis, I would take. I mean, Quinn Williams is a freak. Let's not let's not discredit him. But when you're talking about the interior defensive line as a whole, I would take the Dolphins. Dolphins have better pass rushers too. Manny Agba, Melvin Ingram. Uh, Jalen Phillips, I mean, Carl Lawson's a good player, but, I mean, when was the last time we saw him play, really? I mean, gets injured all the time. So, there's that. Then, we're looking at linebacker core. I would say the Jets probably have a better linebacker core than the Dolphins. I really like what the Dolphins have at linebacker. Landon Roberts is kind of a thumper, and Baker's a move piece. You can put him anywhere, and he's a great blitzer. But, Quan Alexander, C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, that's a really good linebacker court. Quincy Williams might not play, but we'll we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. Cornerback room. Dolphins. 
Do I really need to explain myself on that one? Xavier Howard. Oh, but Sauce Xavier Howard is a proven commodity in the NFL. Dude is awesome. He should have been Defensive Player of the Year the year that Aaron Donald won it. And that was 2020. So, looking at safeties now. Dolphins have the clear advantage at safety. I would, ra- I would much rather have Javon Holland and Brandon Jones over Jordan Whitehead and LaMarcus Joyner every day of the week, twice on Sundays, and triple on Thursdays. So, looking at wide receivers, I mean, Dolphins have the best wide receiver tandem in the NFL. Done? Done. There we go. Running backs. I do like what the Jets have at running back. I do. Michael Carter and Brees Hall is a pretty darn good one-two punch. I, I think that what they have going on there is great. Dolphins have a better tight end. Mike Isecki. Who's going to argue with me on that one? <clears throat> and then in on the offensive line. The Dolphins have a better offensive line than the Jets. Yeah, there's certain pieces on the offensive line that the Jets have that might be better than the Dolphins, but we've got a good offensive line that plays pretty well. I mean... The only reason Tua got sacked on the play where he got hurt was he was trying to... There was nobody open. He was trying to make a play, because that's what playmakers do. And he he got hurt. I mean, it sucks, but that's what happened. But to bring it... To wrap it all up, I think the Dolphins walk into MetLife. MetLife Takeover. Shout out to MetLife Takeover. I think they walk into MetLife, put up 27 on the Jets, give up 24 points. It's a close game. I do think it's going to be a close game. But I think the Dolphins come out of here with a handy victory. So thank you guys for listening to this shorter version of the podcast than normal. Just going over the Jets and Dolphins game. My co-host couldn't make it tonight, so I just wanted to get on get online put out some content for you guys so you can have something to listen to. And I hope you guys either have a great day, great night, great afternoon, whenever you're listening. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And feel free to reach out to me on any of the social medias. You can follow me directly, Connor.Swanton, on Instagram. And you can find my tags to Swanny Sundays on there. I, I appreciate you listening. And... God bless you.